Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. Whether you prefer a day of shopping, historical tours, or a dune buggy adventure in the desert, Dubai has you covered. As one of the top travel destinations in Asia and the world, Dubai, located in the United Arab Emirates, is nothing short of pristine beaches and extravagant hotels. Author, photographer, and filmmaker Ryan Pyle is joining us today to share why Dubai is a great hub for digital nomads like himself. We'll also hear from Omar Suab the general manager of one of the newest landmark properties in this desert oasis, the Sofitel Dubai The Obelisk. Discover the best spots for amazing views, scrumptious food, and tucked away treasures as we explore the city of gold on this episode of Destination Everywhere, Dubai. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along with my partner, Todd Bloworth, and we're really excited to bring to you today an Arab city, the wonderful city of Dubai. Todd, why do you think it's such a great hub for travel and business? Well, I think a big part of it is its proximity globally. I think it provides a transition point between the East and the West. It's got one of the largest and busiest airports in the world, and it really is just a not only a great place to vacation, but also a great place to conduct business. And I think finance is probably one of the largest industries in Dubai. Yeah, absolutely. And it's known as the city of gold because of its dynamic growth over the last 20, 30 years. And it has a huge golf port and it's a global business hub in in just a few decades. So it's really grown incredibly fast. And I think one of the neatest things about Dubai, and I think we went to a, an industry show one time where they had the pods that Emirates Airline, which is has a hub in Dubai because it is a great cross-section between the East and the West. And this Emirates pod was probably one of the most luxurious travel experiences I think someone can have if they're flying. And flights there are very long, but they definitely know how to do it right. And they know how to spoil and pamper their guests, which is I think a big perception that people have of Dubai. When they go, they're going to just be treated like royalty, essentially. So I think it's going to be a really interesting discussion today. We have a couple of guests today, but our first guest I'm really excited about. His name is Ryan Pyle. And Ryan is a TV host. He is an adventurer. This guy is a globe trekker. And he actually lives in Dubai. He has a couple of shows on Amazon. He's got Extreme Treks. He's got Tough Rides. And you can download each of those and view those and and kind of learn about his travel experiences. But we're going to talk to Ryan a little bit about why he chooses to call Dubai home and what he likes to do when he's home, when he's not traveling. So we're going to be right back with Ryan. Talk a little bit about your current show, Extreme Tracks. Like, what is the narrative of the show? What is the vision of the show? And, And where are you right now? 
I love mountain climbing. I love trekking. I love walking across deserts. And I wanted to make a show about that. So I created a show called Extreme Treks, which is on Amazon Prime and BBC Earth. And it's all about me climbing 15, 20,000 meter mountains in Argentina or Africa or Russia and all of the experiences we have in those moments with our guides. And I really wanted Extreme Treks to be something that focuses on nature, landscape, and culture. And I really wanted to take people into a place where they learn about the culture of the places we're climbing in, because I feel that's a really missed nuance in a lot of climbing and adventure shows where you don't use guides from the local region. You don't film them. You don't have a connection with them. They're always behind the camera, right? Yeah. I put them right to the front. And our relationship is crucial to the entire experience that is Extreme Treks. So as a local of Dubai, what do you enjoy? What do you enjoy about being a new visitor there and a recent transplant? So, yeah. So for 16 years, I lived in Shanghai, China. And for the last two years, I've, li- I've been a resident of Dubai, uh, the United Arab Emirates. And it's amazing. You know what? The transportation infrastructure in Dubai with Emirates Airlines and the fantastic road network. And I live in a place where it's eight minutes to get from my apartment to the airport and with no traffic. So if you're a global nomad like me and you don't really live anywhere, Dubai is really a great place to live. And then, and then of course, when you are in Dubai, you've got the Capital Club, which is a, fa- a fantastic club, a social club, a lot of financiers, a lot of people in entertainment. You also have incredible restaurants and bars and nightlife, great grocery stores, and just a cosmopolitan environment. You know, you have Indian entrepreneurs, Pakistani entrepreneurs, British entrepreneurs, Irish entrepreneurs, people from South America who have come to make their claim. It is a very kind of international environment, which is a great place to hang out and relax in between adventure shows. Yeah. And did you choose Dubai because you could get anywhere very quickly? And it was cosmopolitan as well. So when you were relaxing, I think you travel like over 250 days a year. So want your downtime, you want something that's convenient and easy to get to and also something where there's lots to do. Yeah. I mean, in 2019, I traveled more than 300 days a year for more than 50 speaking engagements and about, yeah, about 250 days worth of production. So yeah, I mean, Dubai through Emirates Airlines and its partner Fly Dubai, and that's not an advertisement, they fly to more direct locations than any airline in the world. And if you travel a lot, flying direct saves you a huge amount of time. So if you need to fly in Bish, you know, if you need to fly to Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, or you need to fly to Moshi in Tanzania, this is where you need to be because this is really just an effortless transportation hub and also a really high level first world place to hang your hat. So you must have enough miles to fly in one of the uh, sleeping pods on Emirates. (laughs) You must travel very comfortably. (laughs) Millions and millions of miles. I'm embarrassed to say, yeah, but I'm one of those people who pass through the airport very quickly. And wrapping up on Dubai, did you have a hard time assimilating there at all? Or was it very so cosmopolitan that it was just easy to jump straight in from Shanghai? So coming from Shanghai, you get used to being different because you're not Chinese and there's 30 million people in Shanghai and you're not one of them. So being different is part of your identity in Shanghai. And arriving in Dubai is no problem at all because the Emirati 
the people who live in Dubai who are locals, the Emirati, the local people from the United Arab Emirates, we call them Emiratis. You don't really see them that much because there's so few of them. The people you interact with are the people in the coffee shops, the people in the restaurants, the people at the hotels. And they're very cosmopolitan. They're from the Philippines. They're from Nigeria. They're from Morocco. They're from Istanbul. So I find Dubai very cosmopolitan, very exciting, wonderful people from all around the world. And I had no problems at all assimilating to that world. You know, I think everybody, they think of Dubai, they think of like the Burj Al Arab or the Burj Khalifa, the World Islands or Palm Island. What are some things that that you found the time to do there that you would recommend that everybody try? That's off the beaten path. Off the beaten path. Look, you got to go to the old town. You got to go to Daria. You got to walk through the gold market. You got to take a morning cruise or hire a morning boat along the Dubai Creek, which separates the old town from the new town. These are ways that connect you to the old world. And that's important. I mean, Dubai has kind of sold itself to the modern world. So finding those moments, like taking an old water boat along the Dubai Creek or walking through the gold market in Daria, these moments really do mean that much more because Dubai is so modern and so sophisticated and so geared towards the future. So those are really beautiful. And of course, Dubai or whether you're in Abu Dhabi or Ras Al Cayman, which is the Northern uh, Emirate, north of Dubai. These places are very nearby. So if you wanna go see some really virgin, beautiful desert, you can go down to Abu Dhabi. And if you wanna go up to the mountains, the Al Hajir Mountains, you can go to Ras Al Cayman, which is just north of Dubai. So even though Dubai is like a city, but it's also an emirate, there's places to the north, one hour drive, not so bad. There's places to the south, one hour drive, not so bad where you can really experience some epic nature. And I highly recommend that people do that. So before we hit you up with our rapid fire questions, where are you going next on Extreme Tracks? Where are you taking your viewers? So I just walked about 240 miles across Switzerland, which was an Extreme Treks episode. I also just trucked across the Tatra Mountains in Poland, which was an Extreme Treks episode. So my next episode of Extreme Treks will be through Croatia. And we're going to be trekking through the northern mountains in December, which will be a lot of rain, a lot of hail, maybe some snow, but also through some epic landscapes. And we'll have a chance to meet some incredible people along the way. So I'm very much looking forward to that. So Croatia in December will be our next filming episode of Extreme Treks. But of course, that will be out in 2021. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. You ready for our rapid fire questions? As ready as I will ever be. So hit me. All right. So the first question is, is have you ever completed something personal on your own bucket list? Yes. Lots. And it is, (laughs) I'd like it. Can we be a little bit more descriptive? I climbed the highest mountain in South America. I climbed the highest mountain in Europe. I climbed the highest mountain in Africa. I have a few more highest mountains in each continent to attempt or climb, but I'm getting there. And South America, Europe, and Africa were on my bucket list. What's on your bucket list that you haven't completed? Oh, you know, Karsten's Pyramid in Indonesia, Mount Everest, which is the highest mountain in Asia Pacific. And of course, Denali, which is in Alaska for all of you Americans out there. I definitely want to climb that. And the logistics of that for filming are very challenging, but we're working on it. And I hope to make it an episode of Extreme Checks someday very soon. Fantastic. All right, next question. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Dubai. Look, Dubai is amazing. I absolutely love it. 
it's the best place in the world for international nomads like myself. All right, here's a good one for you since you travel so much. When packing for a trip, what is something that you pack that may surprise our listeners? So I used to travel with a satellite phone way back in the day, but now I travel with this very, very small gadget. I won't mention the company that makes it, or maybe you want me to mention, but they allow me to do satellite text messaging. And you know what? We live in an era where no one wants a phone call. So who picks up a phone call? I mean, like I get phone calls all the time. I just ignore them. But when a text message comes through, you reply. And I have now a satellite text messaging service. And I love it. And it fits in my back pocket. And I carry it with me everywhere. What is it? Does it have like a thumb board, like a keyboard for the thumbs on it? Is it? No, it syncs by Bluetooth with your smartphone. And ah. it has an app on your smartphone. So you can send it by smartphone. It Bluetooths with the device and you can Bluetooth text message friends and family. That's okay. You can say the brand. That's okay. What is it? Yeah. What is it? Who is it? It's a Garmin InReach. Garmin InReach. That's yeah. a great question and for all of our listeners. This is why we ask the questions to get those tidbits. Garmin should be sponsoring me, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> but look, the point is, is I pay $60 a month for this service and they should be giving it to me for free. But the point is, this is genius because you send a text message, it goes and it comes and you can receive text messages and it's absolutely beautiful. Unlimited? Uh, unlimited, yeah, baby, yeah, absolutely. You can be on top of Mount Kilimanjaro and get a text. That's crazy. Yeah, why not, right? Right, that's worth the 60 bucks. <laughs> work has to be work. And satellite phones in the past are no longer competitive. So the Garmin in reach unlimited messaging is about 65 or $70 a month. And you can send more than 20 messages per month. And of course, if you're in the field and you're sending two or three messages a day, I like to send messages to my mother and my father, plus work colleagues, plus people I'm pitching jobs to just to let them know I'm in the loop and I'm not totally off the grid. And I care about what's going on is hugely valuable. So I, I love that service. All right. And the last question is that you've been living in Dubai for two years now. What is your most memorable experience living there so far? You know what? Going up the Burj Khalifa to the observatory deck and standing 144 stories above Dubai and looking down at Dubai from 144 stories above the world at sunset. Pretty amazing. Pretty special. I mean, you can't even get that high during a Dubai helicopter tour. I've taken the Dubai helicopter tour. They don't go up that high. So if you really want to like feel Dubai, you know, if you really want to feel like, what is it? 700 meters above sea level. If you want to get like 2000 feet above the earth in a comfortable elevator where they'll serve you a cocktail while you watch the sunset. How long was that elevator ride? It's multiple elevators. Like they take one that goes up and you switch and you go up another. But like Will Smith did it. And Will Smith has a very popular social media following these days. And Will Smith did it last year, I think. And yeah, I mean, you know what? It's something special. And it's the highest building in the world. So if you'd like to do that and you like to see the world from that vantage point, it's beautiful. I've done it now a few times. Each time I went, I was like, I've done it. It's okay. But then I still go again. And I still kind of like it and I still enjoy the perspective and it's just beautiful up there at sunset. So I highly recommend it. That's incredible. So Ryan, the creator and host of Extreme Treks on Amazon Prime, where can our listeners find you on social media, Ryan? 
That's easy. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Ryan Pyle, which is R-Y-A-N-P-Y-L-E. On Twitter, also the same. And then YouTube is Ryan J. Pyle, J for Japan, R-Y-A-N-J-P-Y-L-E. And yeah, you guys can check out all the shows. We got about 50 hours worth of adventure travel content all around the world. Very little of it has been published in the United States, but it's all there on Amazon Prime and YouTube. And I hope you can enjoy. Well, excellent. And well, thank you for all the great ideas and sharing your expertise with us. We greatly appreciate it. And you stay safe out there. Welcome back, everybody. All right. You ready to get into our bucket list? The best things to do in Dubai? You ready, Todd? I'm ready. All right. The first one is something that's just incredible is sand dune bashing and sandboarding. You take a ride in the desert by an off-roading and a four-wheel drive vehicle over the sand dunes at various speeds. I'm sure you've seen this in a lot of YouTube videos, but you can jump in the air and there's just miles and miles of sand dunes and hills to go. Definitely someone for the adventurer. So that's sand dune bashing and sandboarding. That sounds like a lot of fun. Bring an extra pair of clothes because it sounds like you're going to get a, a lot of sand coverage. You get sand everywhere. You get sand everywhere. Yes, exactly. And you can also enjoy the desert on a traditional form of transportation or a secondary and traditional form of transportation, a camel ride. You can actually spend the day exploring beautiful desert plains, riding on the back of a camel. And you can actually have traditional meals while you do this and be hosted by a local Arabian camp. So I think that just sounds like one of those totally romantic scenarios, but definitely check out a camelback ride in the desert. Absolutely. Now for the next one, if you guys can think back to like the Indiana Jones days, those great movies that we all watched as kids, and they all had all those fight scenes in those vice markets. So the next one is walking through souk markets. And that is a traditional Arabian market featuring different goods and products such as gold, spice, perfume, and textile. They're pretty much in any Arabic movie that, that you see, but they're beautiful. Google souk market and see what actually you can buy there. Just piles and piles of like spices and all these great exotic items that you can purchase, but they're absolutely just like a cultural must-see. I think they're a big part of the culture in this part of the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Todd, what's next? Well, I think everybody's probably at this point heard of the Burj Khalifa. And the next one we have is you can go lounge 152 stories up in the sky, an amazingly tall structure. And I'm sure it's one of those things where I would probably get vertigo just looking off of the side, but you can. The Burj Khalifa's lounge is located on floors 152 through 154. You can have breakfast, cocktails, live entertainment. And of course, just once in a lifetime views of this magnificent city and, and just check out all of its architecture day and night. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. And speaking of right downtown, uh, you can also zip line across the Dubai Marina. And there's actually two zip lines, so you can do it with a friend. And it's the world's longest urban zip line. So can you imagine? It's like 3.2 miles long. So about a, about a kilometer in length. And reaches the speeds of about 80 kilometers an hour. Which is about 50 miles per hour. Yeah, which, that's pretty fast. <laughs> that's a car speed. Yeah, so definitely not for the faint of heart, but some an incredible thing to do in Dubai. And if flowers are an interest to you, you can visit the world's largest natural flower garden. It's the Dubai Miracle Garden. 
And every year from mid-November to mid-May, guests can experience 150 million flowers arranged in colorful arches, patterns, and shapes. And each year, it puts up new structures and themes on display. So it's also just a beautiful venue for any event. So if you are looking for any corporate event, personal events, weddings, parties, the Dubai Miracle Garden might be an amazing backdrop. Oh, that sounds incredible. Dubai is all about kind of new and scale. And one of these great new things that they have, and you've seen them around the world, is a huge aquarium. And they have a restaurant inside with floor-to-ceiling windows called Oceano. And it's an award-winning seafood restaurant as well. So you get great food with just amazing views of the aquarium. So that is something to definitely put on your bucket list for a great dinner. And a little secret, you can get in there much cheaper and easier if you decide to have lunch. And if you really want a cultural experience, a great time to go is during Ramadan. And Ramadan is the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. It's observed by Muslims worldwide as a month of fasting, prayer, reflection, and community. So while the city, it's definitely quieter during this month, there are some cultural changes also that are reflected uh, during Ramadan. One, restaurants are closed during the day so that people can fast. It's said to be a great time to visit for the cultural experience, plus prices are cheaper. So who's not looking for a deal? You can also dine with locals as they break their fast at sundown each day during a traditional dinner called an iftar dinner. And it's not a time to go and party, but it definitely is a time to go experience the Muslim culture during this ninth month of the calendar year. How incredible. Now, if you want something a little bit new and exciting, Dubai has one of the most forward-thinking and beautiful opera houses in the Middle East and concerts. And it's a really beautiful place to also see the actual architecture. And they actually have backstage tours as well. So that you can do everything from galas to dinners to private tours and really a great thing to catch one of the um, activities there at the Dubai Alpha House. Well, and this one seems to be up my speed. We need to do this one for sure. I don't know if my wallet will accommodate, but you can enjoy the Arabian Gulf on a private yacht, which is, again, we're talking Dubai, so no expense spared, but you can actually charter a private yacht. You can relax. You can take tours around the Arabian Gulf. And of course, you know, while you're doing this, you're going to see some amazing famous landmarks like the Burj Al Arab, the Palm Jeremiah, and see all of these things from the water. So if you can find the time and you can have the budget, definitely check out a private yacht tour. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those are our bucket list items and there's so much more to do. And we're really excited to speak to our next guest and learn more. We'll be right back. At AMI, we're passionate about meeting connections that change lives. For over 20 years, we have traveled our clients all over the globe, supporting their business goals and helping them stand apart. From hotel sourcing to audiovisual magic, we'll make your corporate meeting or event second to none. Go to AmericanMeetings.com to learn more. American Meetings, AMI, meeting planning perfected. Welcome back to Destination Everywhere. I'm here with our next guest, the general manager of the Sofitel Dubai, the Obelisk. And we have with us Omar Suab. Omar, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for hosting me. Very happy to be here today. And Omar, you are the general manager of the newest landmark property in Dubai, which is the Sofitel. Is it the fourth Sofitel in Dubai right now? 
That is correct. It's the fourth in Dubai, the fifth in uh, in the UAE, and it's actually the flagship of uh, the Sofitel brand in the Middle East and Africa. So it's the second largest in the world and the largest in Middle East and Africa. Wow, that's an accomplishment. What are some of the things that make the obelisk different than the other properties, the other Sofitel specifically? Well, when you look at the, the shape of the building, I mean, it's called the obelisk for a reason. And it is basically a tribute to uh, the obelisk of the Thebes in uh, Luxor that was offered to Paris and that uh, today thrones in uh, Place de la Concorde. Sofitel is bringing it back to the Middle East, to our Sofitel. So it's, it's definitely uh, very unique in, in terms of shape, very unique in terms of, uh, of design and style as well, because it combines very well the ancient Egypt uh, theme with the Art Deco, the French Art Deco. So it's, uh, it's quite interesting. And if you're watching this online, I'm kind of at the entrance to the hotel. You really do look like you're walking through the Valley of the Kings and Queens in Luxor, and there are hieroglyphics included. And then also behind me is a falcon, and that's what you'll see above registration. Is that correct? So the falcon is not only the national bird of the UAE, but he happens as well to be the god of the skies, Horus, in the ancient Egypt mythology. So, uh, the god of the sky rules over the skies and is represented by a falcon. Tell us a little bit about the area that you're in. What part of Dubai are you in? We are located in a healthcare city, uh, which is also known as Wafi. And Wafi was one of actually the, uh, the first malls that was built on the other side of the creek where we, where, we, uh, where we are located. It is 10 minutes away from the airport. And it is as well about eight minutes away from downtown, which is Burj Khalifa, is the tallest tower in the world. And we are 10 minutes away from the beach. So it's a perfect location. It's very ideal when you come in for business, when you come in for leisure, or when you're on a stopover. It's actually a great location. Well, and you also have some excellent venues inside the property. I think Danielle Baloud has a restaurant inside. Is it Brasserie Baloud that is the main dining restaurant? Yes. Yeah, so we've had up with Danielle Baloud, who's very famous in the, in the U.S. And he was looking for his first uh, you know, uh, venue here in the Middle East. And it made a lot of sense to partner up with him, knowing that it's a Sofitel flagship. And he came in on a couple of occasions, visited the hotel, fell in love with the location, and we've launched his first concept in the Middle East, and it's called Wasfi Wulu. That's correct. And what are some of the other food and beverage venues that you guys offer? So we have five restaurants in total, including Wasfi Wulu. Our second signature restaurant is called Taiko, which is a very successful concept in the city of Amsterdam. And we partnered up with its creator, Chef Shilo Van Kerveden who decided to come back to Dubai because he lived in Dubai uh, a few years back. And we launched Taiko. We have uh, a patisserie, which is a French pastry shop in the lobby called Bijou. Bijou means jewel in French. And we have a very talented executive pastry chef by the name of Romain Casté, who creates jewelry in terms of pastries. And it's, it's actually doing very well with the local community. We have as well a British gastropub by the name of The Nine. And it's a tribute to one of the cat goddesses of ancient Egypt, and it is run by Michael O'Shea, a British chef who does a fantastic job. And we have the fifth restaurant is called Soleil Pool and Lounge. And it's a huge swimming pool, which is located on the sixth floor and it has a barbecue concept, which does very well. Shisha is very successful in this part of the world. So we serve Shisha in the evening and it goes very well. In going to Dubai, the area offers some very unique activities and things for your guests to do outside of the hotel as well. What are some of the requests or some of the recommendations that your concierge might have for an international visitor who's never been to the UAE or Dubai specifically? Dubai has a lot of facilities and the infrastructure is just impressive for a new city that started, you know, about 30 years ago, 40 years ago. 
I mean, you can start from safaris in the desert, which is definitely a must-try, because the desert is just huge and magnificent, and it's, it's beautiful to go to dune bashing. The ocean as well is beautiful, so the Arabian Sea, there's a lot of uh, boat trips that are organized. You can cruise around the Palm, which is you know, a man-made island in the middle of the sea, so that's quite nice to do. There's a lot of activities around, uh, you know, in indoor activities. You have the ski slope, which is indoor, which is quite unique. You have polo. You have a lot of diving activities, which are indoor. You have great things to see. And, and obviously, there's a lot of uh, shopping malls that are uh, world-renowned. Uh, and uh, there's all the brands. So it's, it's quite nice as well as a shopping destination. Must, uh, a must try for sure. You have two presidential suites inside the hotel. Is that correct? And they're on the 52nd, 53rd, and 54th floors. Is that so almost there, yeah. We have uh, three signature suites, which are located on the 47th, 48th, and 49th. You were almost uh, almost there. And what are the amenities that make those signature suites so fantastic? They're just incredible. They were designed by an Italian designer. So the full hotel was designed by an American company called WAI. But these three suites have been designed by an Italian designer by the name of Duccio Grassi. And he's created the ambassador suite, which is Napoleon. So it's a tribute to uh, the Emperor Napoleon. The 48th floor is the presidential suite that we call Cleopatra Suite. So it's a tribute to Cleopatra. It has a very elegant French style, but it has a very feminine touch, which makes it very interesting. And it has a terrace on the 40th floor. So the only suite with a terrace on the 40th floor, which makes it very unique. Both suites have a gym uh, built in. They have two uh, rooms as well as uh, his and hers bathroom in the master bedroom, which, which makes it uh, very luxurious. And then the Imperial Suite, by, uh, and it's called Imperial Suite, is about 7,000 square feet and has a sauna, a gym, a massage room, as well as a hairdresser and an office. Those suites are, are incredible. They're, they're beautiful to see and the views are, are, are outstanding. That sounds absolutely wonderful. You've been there for 10 years, you said. When you're not working, what are some of your favorite experiences to do around Dubai? If someone's coming in and they've never been there, what do you say? You've got to do this, or, or this is my favorite restaurant. Tell us a little bit about outside the hotel, what you enjoy about the city. Well, there's always something new to discover. That's, that's the one thing about Dubai. There's always a great concept coming in. There's always a, you know, a great hotel that opens. There's always a great chef that sets base in Dubai. So in that perspective, it's great, especially for a hotelier, you know, getting all this, these benchmarks around us is, is just phenomenal because you, you keep on learning new things and you up your game every time. You know, you're, you're inclined to do better and better. And I think that's one of the great things that I that I like. I, I like going out to restaurants and trying uh, new concepts. I like visiting new properties. And those those are the things that I like to do. I like to play golf as well. So golf is quite major here in the in the region, Dubai specifically and in the UAE. I mean, there's quite a, a few uh, important tournaments uh, with some uh, big stars coming into play. So I like to play golf as well. Outdoor is definitely something that I uh, that I like doing. The weather is great for six months. It heats up a bit uh, during summer. And during summer, you know, you go to the beach, uh, you go diving, and then there's a lot of outdoor activities as well that you can do. You can, as I said, you can ski during summer. I mean, you have a man-built slope in a mall, which is quite interesting to, to experience as well. You know, and when you think of Dubai, you definitely think of a very superior level of hospitality and customer service with the staff. So for your property specifically, are there areas that you're always looking to improve and look for the next best thing, whether it's through technology? What are you doing to enhance guest experiences within the hotel? 
Well, look, I think the best thing in order to enhance the experience is to make sure that the team is alert. And we do a lot of work and trainings. We want to make sure that the teams are engaged and committed because the service comes from there. After that, the facilities in Dubai are great everywhere you go. The hotels are outstanding in every aspect. There's always beautiful rooms, beautiful restaurants. But what makes a difference is the service and is the team. And then we invest a lot in that. I, I spend a lot of my time making sure that we train each and every colleague that comes in and we give them a full you know, immersion of, of what the service should be. We do as well look at the technology aspect quite a lot. We have, we're trying to go paperless as much as possible. It's all about digital. We're trying as well to go sustainable. So we're, we've introduced a Sofitel by the Obelisk app that you download when you, when you arrive at the hotel that gives you access to the full hotel. You can order through the app. You can actually use your telephone as a key card in order to cut down on, on single-use plastic. And in terms of sustainability as well, we, we, we take it to the, to the next level. We try to avoid single-use plastic. We have our own water filtration system. We provide our, the guests with our own uh, Sofitel uh, bottled water. So there's a lot of efforts that are done uh, in, in that aspect. And, and we try to be different in that aspect. And Sofitels globally have always been an outstanding brand, and, and we've really enjoyed going to them. Now, this is a question I like to ask, especially general managers. You know, hotel staff often get bucket list requests from guests, some things that are just completely out of the box. And hotels, most of the time, they will rise to the occasion to make it happen, even as unorthodox as they may be, these requests. But do you have any specific circumstances that you can think of where guests said, can you make this happen? And you just rose to the occasion and did it? Remember something that happened recently, but today, actually, we have we had a request that stood out. We were approached by a, a local gentleman in Emirati who decided to look at our ballroom. So we, we showed him our ballroom, which is quite large. As I said, it's about uh, 8,000 feet. And then he says, okay, I want to rent it out. I have an event that I want to organize. So we said, all right. And then he asked us for quite a few uh, things that, you know, make it look as a big event. So we set up the whole thing. There's a, a company that came in and really decked out the whole uh, ballroom. And then a table arrived and then two chairs and then a lot of decoration. And then we said, what's going to happen here? He says, well, it's my uh, fiance's birthday. And, uh, and we said, all right, are you expecting a guest? He said, no, it's just the two of us. So there's a, a huge space full of decoration. You know, I mean, the, the money that was spent on that is just incredible. And it's a dinner for two. And I think that's one of the craziest, the craziest requests that we received so far. And the guests will arrive anytime. And I'll be very happy to, to see the look on the, on the face of the birthday celebrants. Thank you so much for your time, Omar. And Omar and the Sopatel, uh, the Oblisk, has been kind enough to give away a two-night stay in a deluxe room, including breakfast for two. So if you're interested in winning that prize, please go to our Facebook page and like us and then uh, give us a review on iTunes. So Omar, again, thank you so much. Where can guests follow you guys? What social media do you have where they can keep up with the property and see what's happening and look for any great rates? So we're visible on Facebook, Instagram, we're on LinkedIn. So uh, you can, you know, just go to our pages, like us. There's a lot of active activities that we do across the social channels. There's a lot of information that we share and, uh, and a lot of activities that you can see. So follow us. And as soon as you come to Dubai, you decide to come to Dubai, come to the Obelisk. I'll personally take care of, uh, of your bookings and of, uh, of you myself. Welcome back, everyone. Well, that wraps up Dubai. What an incredible city, an incredible area of the world, and everyone needs to get there to see it. We'd like to thank Ryan and Omar for their great ideas and tips around going to the city and where to stay. Uh, Todd, what did you learn today that you didn't know about Dubai? 
Well, you know, I've always thought of Dubai as a business center and talking about it as a cultural destination during Ramadan, I think would be very interesting. It's something I don't know a lot about. I've heard about it, but I think that would be probably a great time to go visit and kind of learn a little bit more about just the culture instead of the lights and the architecture. I think that would be a fun trip. And we would also like to thank members of our team here at Destination Everywhere. We'd like to thank Chris Jordan, our copywriter, Annie Fernandez, our creative director, and of course, Lauren Campbell, our podcast producer. And for this episode, we also do have a giveaway. So in order to register for the giveaway, please like us on Facebook and comment and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us on your preferred podcast app or by going to www.destination-everywhere.com. So that wraps up Dubai. So we look forward to seeing you next time on Destination Everywhere. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit destination-everywhere.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.